knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. All right. Welcome back to the Outdoor Drive Podcast. This is your boy, Trev, and... Steven. What's going on, Steven? Same old, same old. Day was uh, exciting-ish. Learned a lot. Uh, but not nearly as exciting as yours from what I'm gathering. <laughs> so what happened in your day? It was I don't want to break into mine just yet. All right, no worries. So uh, went out this morning. Well, let me step back. I went out last night and glassed a piece of property. And 3 o'clock, there were two birds out, not strutting, but I- I'm assuming they were older jakes. Couldn't really get too detailed, but I was also 300 yards away. So moved up around, was able to slip in behind, set up a blind for the next morning, assuming they would be roosting on that ridge behind them. And it also gave me the access that if they were down below, I could run the ridge and try to work them up to me. So went in this morning, got set up. Uh, Birds were down below me, so had you know had worked right into the plan but i had hens all over and for the first time this year was actually able to get some call in some hens and biggest hen of my i've ever seen in my life came in and actually wanted to whoop the shit out of one of the decoys it was hilarious if she'd had a beard she'd got smoked i'll put it that way <laughs> she, she was you've seen whitey she was bigger than whitey if, if i can't she, believe that didn't have any boyfriends in tow though nothing not a anything. So oh, surprised. There altogether were 12 hens that came through my set this morning before I was able to finally slip out and move on those birds that were gobbling. Just craziness. I don't get it. So I said to hell with it, slipped out the back, moved down the ridge, and just kept hammering down the hollers and nothing, nothing, nothing. Blew off one, didn't hear anything, sat there for about three minutes. I was like, well, screw it. I'm going to move back around, take the truck, maybe go somewhere else. Took about four steps and a bird hammered within 100 yards of me. So I was like, okay, now we're talking. Knew right about where he was at. He was on a a cut road that would have been coming up to me. So I was able to move back, get set up behind a tree. So that way, when he popped out, I could get the draw and still be in cover, lean out and get a shot. And then he went silent. I was like, what in the hell? You know, so I sit and gave it about 20 minutes. And nothing, nothing. So I let out another light yelp. And about three minutes later, he gobbled again, even further down another trail. Like, son of a bitch. Well, I knew he was where he was headed. And he was walking right out into an opening that if I jumped on the road I thought he was on, it will take me right in ahead of him into an opening and hopefully ambush him. Well, he got there about 30 seconds before I did. I was able to peek out behind some of the briars. And he was sitting in the middle of the field. No hen. I figured he'd been hinned up. That's what drug him off. No hen, no strut, no care in the world. Just sitting there feeding and walking around doing this thing. Called to him. 
lifted his head up. He was looking away from me, never bothered even looking back at me, looked, went right back down, kept feeding, gave it a few minutes, hit him again, didn't even lift his head this time, watched him in that field feeding for 20 minutes, and he walked into a cedar grove. Not a Jeez. care in the world. What the hell is going on down there? I don't know. It's it's like they're, it felt to me like this particular bird was completely bred out. He showed zero interest. Uh, the two other hens were popping off at him while he was in there, while I was watching him. And he didn't even pay them any mind. You know, and he was a good, probably 10-inch beard, you know, two-year-old bird, I'm assuming. But nothing. Didn't care about anything. And, I mean, I've never seen this in my life. So... Usually they show something, some interest. Right. This bird didn't give a shit. So I let him carry on and I didn't want to keep pushing him because he wasn't interested, wasn't going to work. I moved out, kept trying to work for another bird. Didn't end up running into anything. So rolled back here to the house. Jesus. I mean, it's insane. If anyone out there is experiencing this, send us a message. Let us know that I'm not losing my mind. (laughs) <laughs> I just don't understand. I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, you've hunted, we've hunted multiple different properties down there. And then we left and then you hunted a different property and you're still having the same exact things yeah. that are going on, man. I have moved so far. How do you, I've, how do you have a four, gobbler that close and not react to what's going no. on? Just nonchalantly walking by you? Well, since you guys were here, I have hunted three different counties over a span of about a hundred miles. Mountains, lower fields, ag fields, cutovers, and everywhere I've gone, the birds have acted exactly like they were when you were here. They don't give a shit. That's just crazy to me, I, man. I'm lost, totally mind-blowing. Bl- mind Considering, I mean, what's actually going on up here is just, it's it's mind-blowing to me. Well, it um, seems like everywhere else in the country is on fire, but I, I mean... This year in Virginia has me mind fucked. I've never seen anything like this. I mean, we're getting to that lockdown stage now, but um, you know, it's you got to get them right off the roost, or it's going to be tough until about ten o'clock. But even then, I mean, we had we had birds today that were locked down. Uh, there was three strutters with two hens locked down, didn't make a peep. Um, we seen them in the field, called at them, they didn't do a thing. They kind of moseyed off the other direction. But I mean, we were calling from them from the road, so that didn't really help much. But. Um, <laughs> It's just crazy to me, you know, and they're starting to get into that zone depending where you are. I mean, locking down with other birds and stuff. But as far as like this morning off the roost, I mean, we had birds fired up, but they weren't like I wouldn't call it a 10, maybe maybe like an eight fired up, seven fired up. Um, They would only gobble back when we would call to them. Um, they weren't just hammering on their own and trying to really find us. So yeah, they, they were just giving you the hey, we're over here. Come join the party. Exactly. So they didn't come out of roost until about 630-ish, and they came down, and they, yeah, it was late, man. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, you know, because you're, you're hitting the call, you're like, and then they would gobble, and you're like, all right, here they come. They're going to they're gonna fly down. They're going to fly down. 20 minutes later, they didn't fly down. I'm like, I shouldn't have called them. I'm like, what in the hell is going on? So finally, they end up flying down. They go the opposite direction. As we thought, I thought I was working the birds and then three gobblers light up behind us. And I'm like, oh, all right, well, this should be fun. So they start getting closer. Now I can hear them. They're over the ridge from us over the over the little tiny hill. And I'm like, all right, here they come. Here they come. Here they come. So I turn around 180 degrees and um, I'm getting ready for them. They come up in front of Captain Mike. 
he they're like 10, 10, 15 yards from him, but he can't pull up his gun at this point. He's like, oh, what the hell? So they come around and they keep coming down and uh, they, they come up and they pop up in front of me about 15 yards. But they're like over the knoll. So he picked up his head. I see the redhead and I'm like, all right, I can shoot him. So I go to pick up my gun. When I go to pick up my gun, he ducks down and goes down the hill and starts walking the opposite direction, putting. So I stand up and I go and I shoot at him and he dumps him. He starts flopping on the ground. I'm like, all right, sweet. So I start kind of like nonchalantly, like kind of like moving a little bit fast towards him. Then he gets up and he starts running away. Now I'm trying to get a shot. So I start moving a little bit faster, but I'm going down the hill. And my fat ass, I trip over a stick or a log or whatever it was, and I just face plant. Can't even put out my hands, nothing. It was just too late. You just slow motion, boom, right on the ground. This thing <laughs> oh. flies off. I'm like, what the fuck is going on, man? Like, I can't take, I can't get a break. Can't get a break. So, day progressively goes on. We try and find birds all day, sit in a couple different spots, trying to get uh, gobbles, trying to get gobbles, trying to get gobbles. Nothing. Like, what the hell is going on here? So finally, um, about, I'd say, 2.30, probably, 3 o'clock. Finally, we find some birds. There's three gobblers in a field. So we come around the backside of them. This time, I'm going to take the bow. So come around inside of them and uh, start hitting the call. Here they come. 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 Then they just stop. And I hit the call. And I can't see him because I'm kind of down down in a little bit of a valley. And uh, so here they come. Here they come. Here they come. And then, like I said, they stopped. They stopped gobbling. I'm like, what the hell is going on? So I peek my head up over the top. They're like 75 yards, dude, and this gobbler is breeding the hen. And I'm like, what brown the hell? Brown cow. <laughs> yeah, dude, he's just mounting them up. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. What the hell? So I watch him. He's done. He gets off her. I see him flop around. I hit the call. Lights up, dude. Here he comes. Now it's game on. So now he's coming. And uh, he gets in 10 yards with the right to the to the Jake decoy. And uh, he's right at it, dude. And I didn't realize it. it was a little bit thicker than I had had really wanted it to be. A little bit bigger trees. But we didn't really have a chance. I mean, it was just run and gun. They were there. We, we didn't have much room. Just let them have it. So... 10 yards this thing's right at the at the decoy full draw behind the little makeshift blind that i made in a blowdown stand up or kneel up go to go shoot and he alarm putts and he turns and he starts running away or like half running away i'm like oh fuck so i have like two vines that are coming off the tree and i'm like i gotta shoot in between them so he's cording away i let it rip and i just watched i just watched the arrow graze his back and stick into the tree. And I and I'm thinking at this point, man, the way that he reacted, I thought I smoked him. And I could just see the arrow in the tree because he was like kind of running and I just see the arrow in the tree. So I'm like, oh, it went right through him. No, that wasn't the case, bro. He just ran off. And I'm like, fuck, man, man. I look at Mike, I go, did I miss? He goes, yeah, you missed. I'm like, oh, what the hell? So the walk of shame, I walk up there. My Zeus is like three inches in the tree. I was not coming out. I got the picture of it. Yeah. I'm like, damn. I'm like, that's it, dude. That was it. That was our, that was our chance. So I thought it was a big bird. And then I got home and I, and I looked at the footage. Probably one of the biggest birds I would have shot with my bow. Yeah, dude. You sent me over the picture of that (sighs) thing. It's like you, you have birds that drag their beards. 
This thing looked like a rainbow coming out of its chest. This thing comes off of its chest three inches before it goes down and touches the ground. It's nuts. I've you know, never seen a beard like that. And then it, it it's like, you know, we get Coke can whitetail bases. Yeah. Well, we have Coke can turkey. I mean, turkey exactly. beards, okay? That's what this was. It was just thick, long, giant. Oh, it was just... Yeah, whatever. But so after revealing the footage and looking at the footage, I ended up hitting a stick. So there was there was the two vines that came down and there was two that were in the middle of it. And with the arch, I hit it and deflected it. So it is what it is. What a day. You know, that's turkey hunting at its finest. So to have what I have going on up here and then to hear what you have going on down there, not cool. Man. It's two not different cool. worlds, man. It is, it man. Really it's is. it's nuts. And today was seventy something. Friday they're talking uh they're talking some lows in the in the uh mid thirties and uh they're talking rain and snow Friday night here. Yeah, we've got a pretty good storm Jeez. system coming in this way as well. I'm gonna try to get out in the morning and work it as long as I can. Tomorrow afternoon's supposed to get into severe thunderstorms, so uh don't think I'll be doing a lot of ridge running, but we'll see what happens. It's just nuts. Do you know what made my day that much better? I do, but I'm going to let you share it. So I came home from haunting all day, and I knew. So I had stopped home because I needed my phone charger, and we were driving around town trying to find some birds. And uh, I saw the UPS truck. And so my first shipment. Let me give you a drum roll here. So I saw him, and then I left. And then... About seven minutes after I left, the camera goes off, and I see this guy in a brown dress-up, and he's carrying an elite box. Oh shit. So the new cure is here, my friends. The cure is here. So I'm excited to set that up. The CBE uh, sights and quiver and uh, the Torx kit and all that stuff's here. So this weekend, I will be setting up the new cure. If I had that, I probably wouldn't have missed today. <laughs> Just saying. No, well, you can't, the, the bow's not going to change where the stick is. I know. <laughs> However, that short axle, the axle that's a little shorter than what yours is, uh, may have made the difference. I don't know. High hopes, man. High hopes. That's so, all right. You can break it right. right. That's all right. We'll get in on those birds, man, as long as they don't get messed up with. But they're all public land birds today, so hopefully they don't get messed with, and uh, we'll hope for the best in the in the future. Hell yeah, man. That's awesome. You're going to enjoy it. Yeah. You know what else I'm going to enjoy? What's that? This podcast. It is going to be a fun one. I'm very excited. I mean, I mean, I was just sitting here thinking, I was wondering, you know, what's it going to be like to cut the Zeus loose off of the cure? Mm. And I, I think who we're going to talk to may be able to give us a little bit of headway into that. Yeah. You know, I'm I, mix I got my stories. biggest... I got my biggest trophy today with the Zeus. Yeah, yeah, you killed a a, a tree. pine tree. Oh, it was yep. a pine tree of all trees. It's like a thirty footer. Yeah, yeah, you're not getting that one back. Mucho giant, dude. So what you're saying so. is the Zeus gets penetration even in wood. <sighs> trees. See, at least had it been maple, you could have gone back and it tried to tap oh. the sap out of the hole or something. <laughs> yeah, you weren't getting this one out. So. <laughs> it's all good. 
Should we should we thank the supporters and the people that we partnered with? I think we should. We'll knock it out, get it out of the way, and uh, we'll we'll jump on with our guest. Let's thank them. Nor'easter Game Calls. Nor'eastergamecalls.com. Get them in close. Get your box calls, your turkey pot calls, your little cluckers. You can even get your custom name on them. Or with the drive on them if you want to. Um, Mocky Mock, Prospector Series. He's got some other new stuff coming out we've been working on, so stay tuned for that also. Uh, Broadside Camo, broadsidecamo.com. Use promo code OUTDOORDRIVE. Check them out. out the at Oh, I can't even talk right now. Broadsidecamo.com. Uh, Ethics Archery, ethicsarchery.com. Use promo code OUTDOORDRIVE10. Get all of your inserts and outserts needs. Wicked Twisted Bowstrings, wickedtwistedbowstrings.com. Use promo code OUTDOORDRIVE10. To save yourself some on some custom bowstrings. Get jillified. Deathwish Coffee. Deathwishcoffee.com. Promo code outdoor drive. Fueled by death. I feel like I need some of that today after this long, long day. <laughs> you sound like it. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Man, I'm dying over here. I'm sorry. I'm just You're so good. tired. You're good. Um <laughs> the world's strongest coffee. Fueled by Deathcast. Check them out. Amazing Jeff. DM Custom Arrows, dmarrows.com. Get your custom arrow needs. Dude. He does some badass shit, man. Especially some of the traditional things. Dude, some of these arrows. Works of art. Oh, it's beautiful. Insane. The fletchings and, I mean, the feathers that he does, all individually done there, man. It's just nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're both going to have to be hitting him up and, uh, making some replacement orders after going through my stock from our shoot when you guys were here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I got to get some new shafts. Bad. Things are things got a little crazy down there in Virginia. <laughs> I've got a pile of busted arrows sitting out here on the porch still. It's Jesus. great. That's awesome. It was fun. Good times. Oh yeah, we have a little we have a little collection now down there, so. Yeah, we're just going to keep it rolling. That's right. Well, speaking of Virginia, man, we got a Virginia native coming on. Cool beans. You want to let him introduce himself, or do we want to spill the beans? We'll let him do it. All right. Hopefully, he'll pin him up. (laughs) Maybe he'll stick him when he's done. That's right. (laughs) All right. Well, let's get him on. Sounds good. (laughs) Nice shot. Comes a shooter, shooter, big buck. Stack, stack, stack. We're in the presence of a legend, the myth, the man, Chris Silk. What's up, buddy? Dude, quit kissing his ass. You're just afraid you're going to get locked up. (laughs) What's going on, guys? How are you, man? Oh, man, we're doing good. Struggling through this this turkey season this spring. And uh, really, I'm just waiting for fall to get here, get back after those big bucks running around the area. I hear that, man. You bet. 
This is just prep for the deer season right now. Just yeah. the turkey season. It's just the prep for it. <laughs> That's it. All I'm doing is actually just scouting for the fall. I don't really care about a turkey one bit. Right. It's, it's spring scouting, but you get to yeah. kill something while you're at it. Exactly. It's proactive scouting. <laughs> That's it, man. So why don't we turn this key? Why don't you tell everybody who you are, where you're from, and uh, and what you do? Well, I'm, my name's Chris Soka, as I was so pleasantly introduced uh, by my guy Trev there. Um, <laughs> from Virginia. And... Uh, Spent some time down in Florida and was able to come back home here to Virginia. Um, back where I was born and raised. And uh, along the way, I started filming my hunts, uh, just bow hunting. And um, was lucky enough to be down in Florida. So there was always something to shoot at between the hogs and the deer and even the turkeys every now and again. Um, just been filming my hunts and kind of just doing the bow hunting thing. Not a lot of people doing it out of Virginia. It's, I mean, for good reason, it's tough hunting up here. It's um but fun. There's always some, there's some really good genetics in Virginia, which I think people overlook a lot. Um, but yeah, man, just been doing the bow hunting thing, filming it and, uh, trying to make something worth watching along the process. Hell yeah, man. That's awesome. Well, if we work hard enough, I, I, we're really pushing to try to get Trev to come join us down here. Yeah. <laughs> we need to be down here for deer season. We do. We I, actually, I think we got that one already planned out. They we want do. me to, Steven wants me to move down to Virginia, though. I mean, <laughs> not, not you want to move. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it it's God's God country down here. It's beautiful. The mountains, man. That place is just absolutely perfect. And and it's good hunting down there, you know? Everybody's it's, it's so different down there. It is. It is. It's it's a lot different. And so I'm not sure how things are. We all are at, uh, or where Trev's at, but the deer, you know, you always hear people talking about, oh, I pattern this deer and that deer and this, you know, the third. Well, I don't know about y'all, but here in Virginia, I've got Good plenty luck. of deer. Yeah, exactly. They don't pattern. They they summer. They have summer vacation homes. Exactly. And then they have fall visitation. Um, so it, it's <laughs> funny. <laughs> I watch deer. Like I got a couple bucks I've watched all summer long last year on this farm, and come fall, gone. As soon as they come hard home, hard horned, they're out of there. And I mean, it it's just is what it is. And you're kind of catching the uh, the drifters from other properties. Man. Does that you you get a lot of drifters from other properties? Mm-hmm. That's what you get because you, once you because what you're saying is once you pattern them, they're not they disappear once they become hard horned. Yeah, so you'll catch a lot of the, the summer bucks that they're they might be there the first week or two of the season, and then they go wherever it is that they go. Um, and if you're lucky for, uh, lucky enough for them to survive dog season, um, they'll come back late season. You might be able to catch them here or there. Um, the buck I killed this past fall on that farm um i think i only had two pictures of that buck before i killed him and it was from 20 2018 uh like december time frame i got two pictures of him randomly um and that was it and didn't see him again till the night i shot him um so there's a lot of bucks that like they're they're frequent and they kind of come and go they check that property a lot because it's pretty dough heavy Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not living there. They're kind of living just, just on the other side of the property lines. Damn. Yeah. And it's crazy. And then they're just, then, then they're up and over the mountain and gone. Oh yeah. Yeah. Especially I mean, there, it, mountains everywhere. <laughs> right. I made, and, I made Trev climb a couple up here in the Blue Ridge and uh, he didn't like me for it. Well, you got to break them in properly, you know, exactly. you can't come to the, come to the mountains and not do a little walking. Um, <laughs> but where I'm at, it, it's actually, I'm kind of out on the outskirts in the flatlands and, um, this in particular farm is like 
it ain't but 40 or 50 acres, I think. Uh, but it's surrounded by like hundreds of acres of ag fields. So these deer just kind of have their way. And there's nobody that hunts it, the surrounding properties, which is nice. Um, but it's just so big, it's kind of hard to keep track of them on 40 acres, you know? Oh, Absolutely. yeah. Especially out there. I mean, you never know where they're going to end up going. <laughs> Absolutely, man. And it's, you know, it. like I said, I'm, I'm a bow hunter, always have been um, for the longest time anyway. And it's just so different here in Virginia, the way the seasons are set up. It's two-thirds of the season's uh, gun season. Um, so those deer get to scrambling pretty quick. In the because season. it goes into muzzleloader season, right? Like, right. So then mm-hmm. it goes, goes into muzzleloader, then it goes into a rifle? Yeah, so it goes well. It, so the area I'm at, uh, let me get my brain straight here. Yeah, are, you, uh, are you west of the Blue Ridge or east of the Blue Ridge? East. Okay. So east of the Blue Ridge, we don't. There's some rifle counties, but it's kind of hit or miss. Uh, I don't. Right. I, I don't really pay much attention to them anymore just because I haven't gun hunted in years. But yep. Yeah. Um, but it goes bow season, muzzle loader, and then it goes into general firearms, which is um, a little bit of everything, just kind of depending. But now, I know the guys have, over in the mountains, they got the rifle season, so they can reach out and touch something. Do they have a special dog season, or is that run during general? No, nah, that, that runs during general. Season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that runs during general firearms. And, uh, I mean, you can – the dog guys love it, and, I, you know, more power to them. It's not my cup of tea. I grew up doing it. I mean, it's uh, it's got its place in the, uh, the hunting world, but – you can watch deer that you that are just as calm and cool those first six weeks of the season, and then once those tailgates drop, man, those deer go underground. Really, oh, it affects not... that much. Oh, dude, mm-hmm. the deer down there, like when we run our property on the North Carolina border, we're surrounded by dog clubs, and where we have some of the stands set up, you know, you're down uh, basically shooting lanes because some of that thick shit's so thick you can't see through it. Right. And those deer will walk up, they'll poke just enough of their head out to be able to see down it, jump through the clearing, and then carry on. <laughs> they do not stop if it's open. Uh-uh. Nope. It, it's that's the crazy. sketchiest shit you ever saw. Dude, and it so, makes it so tough with a bow then, Chris. Uh, dude, yeah, I mean, it's, you got to hope you have food. <clears throat> if you got food there, you got a shot. Um, I hunted one place in Northumberland uh, that my brother had access to. He waterfowl hunts it. Uh, and he was letting me deer hunt it uh, a year or two ago. And the first six weeks, even in the muzzleloader, because muzzleloader really doesn't mess with them too much, um, you would see bucks walking around. Because basically this, this piece of property is kind of set up like the Midwest. It was a 500-acre soybean field. And then there was just pockets, you know, an acre or two pockets of trees throughout. It's kind of scattered throughout the field. And you could sit in those stands, watch that field. And you would just watch the bucks. They would just do circles and laps around all the pockets of trees. And you just kind of waited for them to come through. Um, and, you know, if it was one you wanted, you, you let, them, let, them, let them have it. Um, and if not, you just kind of let them go on about their business. But it was nothing to see deer from sunrise till sunset. And you see them all throughout the day. And they would just kind of cruise around and feed on beans and whatever. But within, after the first week of dog season, I, I'd stop dropping out there because it just wasn't worth it. They wouldn't come out. I mean, the deer would just completely vanish but you know it is what it is that's um, crazy that's what's but, nice about west of the blue ridge there's but no steve, yeah i was gonna ask that steve you don't see it like that up by you no you don't get a lot of dog up here where we are so uh, the highway that runs right there along my property line 
that's actually the divider for east and west of the Blue Ridge. So my house uh, sits east of the Blue Ridge and where we were hunting was east. But where I'm hunting now for turkey on the other side of the mountain is west. So I It's crazy how those lines break up down there. Yeah, it just runs right along that mountaintop. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Depends what yep. county you're in. Yep. It's exactly. just a total... I love hunting out there. It's gorgeous. Oh, the mountains are insane oh, out yeah. there. Yeah. When you when the sun would come up over the ag the ag land in the mountains, it was just some of the it was the most beautiful thing. It, and it was just it didn't really even matter about the turkeys at that point. I mean, just the just taking it in and just seeing it all, and it just it's some of the most gorgeous land in the world. I think honestly, I mean, for oh, a hunter, anyways. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could set up on those ridges and just see for miles, and then oh, you know, yeah. right at first of fall, the change you know the change in the leaves and everything, and it's just it doesn't get any better. That's awesome. So why don't you explain to everybody kind of what Pinum Stickum is, man? Um, so me and my dad, you know, we've obviously been hunting together for years. Um, he brought me up doing it and and taught me almost everything I know. I had to teach him a couple of things here in recent years. You know, the student <laughs> has to become the master at some point. That's right. Um, <laughs> no, nah, but me and my dad, you know, we would always just kind of we'd hunt together, and as we were would split up to go to different stands. It would just kind of just pin them and stick them. And it, it just kind of some that's a little saying that we used to say that just kind of stuck. It's basically just don't overthink it, put the pin on them and let her, you know, let her rip. Um, I think with archery, it's so, it gets so technical uh, because, and for good reason, I mean, every little tweak or flaw in your shot execution matters that I think sometimes people get in their own heads and they try and be, too accurate because they're trying to do be too perfect so pin them and stick them is just that man it, it's put the pin on them and just let her eat man i love it and then so then you evolved it into now that's you have obviously yourself filming and you right and so where 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 can people watch pin them and stick them um we're on youtube um that's our main that's where all of our videos are posted i think we've, we're up to like 30 something episodes now that I've, I've gotten loaded up over the years um, and you can just go into YouTube and type in Pin'em and Stick'em Outdoors and it'll pop right on up. And then we're also on Facebook and Instagram. Same thing, Pin'em and Stick'em Outdoors. Um, on Instagram, I think it's just at Pin'em and Stick'em. Um, but you can punch it in and you can find us pretty easy. We're pretty active on most of the social media platforms, um, as much as I can be anyway. And then we kind of string the videos out on, on everything, but we mainly push the, uh, the YouTube thing because trying to get that monetary, uh, bonus on some of, of the episodes when, when possible, you know. Now, are you, you're on Tack Driver also? Yep. Yeah, I've been with Tack Driver Crew since day one. Um, that was my big break into the into the TV world of um, of hunting, actually. Um, we in, we were actually down in Georgia when I was living in Florida. Um, my buddy Scott Conley gave me a shout and said, hey, man, we got some guys that are running a TV show. Um, they're coming up to do some hog hunting it may benefit you to come up here and cause you know, he, I was kind of just getting the film thing going and he said, Hey, maybe worth coming up here and just getting to know these guys and maybe get your foot in the door, um, for the future, you know, might, might pay dividends in the future. Um, so I came up there and, and met Nick Albanese, who's, uh, the owner of steady form and the greatest broadhead on the market, which is Zeus broadheads. Amen. Um, there you go. <laughs> and we got to talking and, uh, we hunted together for the week. I think it was about a week we were there and, um, got to hunting together, got to talking and Nick said, Hey man, look, I've got a show that I'm 
I've got a you know a concept for a show that I'm working on, and um, I'd shown him some of the, about the work I'd done on my own with uh, editing and stuff, and he's like, you know, I'd love to have you be a part of the team. Um, and I, being somebody who was just kind of really getting into the filming thing, and always wanted to be somewhere in the hunting industry, and kind of just trying to get my you know dip that toe in the water, so to speak. Um, I mean, I jumped on it. As, as he didn't even have the words out of his mouth. I was like, I'll do it. I'm in. Um, so I've, uh, you know, we've become really good friends over the years. And like I said, tech driver has been doing some really good things and, um, we got some, some great things coming in the future. So that's really been a great, great team to be a part of. That's, and that's a family, man. That's a brotherhood. Mm-hmm. That's there. You, you can't break the walls of that concrete. That's, uh, oh, no. that's, no. They, they're the greatest of the great. Those guys, they really, truly, honestly are. Oh, and the best thing about it is, it's just a bunch of normal dudes and gals. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's guys and girls that are <clears throat> part of the team and not to knock any of the guys that are, you know, the celebrities of the hunting industry, but um, they've obviously earned their, their, their place on the mantle, so to speak. Um, but, you know, 90% of the people that hunt aren't, don't have access to outfitters and, you know, these huge farms and, um, you know, managing deer, that they can, you know, let deer walk and know for a fact they're going to be good to go or, you know, um, it's just like everybody else. It's, it's everybody that just hunts, that's got 10 acres to hunt on a buddy's farm or, you know, picks up a small lease or something like that. And I think that's what really draws people into our show is which we're your normal working class folks that just kind of hunt like everybody <laughs> that everybody hunts. Um, yeah. Especially sometimes. Sometimes we're able to scrape some pennies together and go do an outfitted hunt or, you know, something along those lines. And that's kind of what I think represents uh, the hunt community more than anything else. Absolutely. Totally agree with you, man. That's that's the normal population or the majority of the population of hunters, man. And they can relate to those guys, you know, and, and yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's it's cool to watch them. It's, it's definitely and you can see them on the Pursuit channel. Right. Pursuit Channel on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. is what we're running right now. And Nick will probably kill me, but I can't remember. I think it's Wednesdays. Um, I think midday is when it airs also. But more importantly, just go set your DVRs on the Pursuit Channel to tag Driver TV, and it'll be it there all. when you're ready. Yep. Yeah, there you go. And you can get the Pursuit up. Um, for those guys that can't get the Pursuit Channel, the Pursuit Up app um, right. to watch it. So that's another so like cool thing. Stream an option. It'll stream uh, whatever's on the channel live, and then they also have, I think, in that you can stream it live, and you can go back and watch past episodes. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, because that's that was the thing with me. I'm like, I can't even watch the boys. Like, are you kidding me? What the hell, man? That's bullshit. And uh, uh-huh. and then I looked it up. Uh, actually, I was talking to Nick and uh, and and Tommy, and they're like, Yeah, dude, if you look at this app, then you can get this app, and boom, you can watch it. And I was like, oh, yep. thank God. Now I can watch all the boys. Exactly. It's definitely exactly. Binge watch it all from day one up until the uh, present season we are currently in. Which is really cool, man. Oh, yeah. It's been a blast. It's been a but blast. You, you you don't only just hunt, man. You fish, too. I do a little bit. I've been known to stretch a string. Not <laughs> only on a bow string, but a uh, fishing line as well, you know. Which is lucky every now and cool. again. I want to hear a little bit about this, man. This whole the the whole catfishing thing, man. I was totally <laughs> intrigued. I watched the video. I was like, "Damn, man, this man can so, fish too." I was like, "How come we never heard about this?" <laughs> as much as I would love to take all the credit uh, for those fish that we were on that day, I, I can't take any. I was just simply a passenger. 
Um, a good buddy of mine, Andrew Parsley, is who was the boat captain, if you will. Um, me and him go way back. Uh, we, we used to work together at Gander Mountain. We both got out of college and uh, just kind of kept in touch over the years. And Andrew's a huge uh, catfish guy. I mean, he, he eats it up from January through early March. He is just he's up and down the rivers um, fishing a lot of tournaments and such. And I've been, we've been trying to sync up and, and make it all work, but our schedules are kind of, they kind of are a little bit opposite of each other. So it makes it hard to kind of, for our days off to sync up. Um, but we got lucky and, uh, he invited me out and I think it was into January to go run up and down the river and try and catch some of these catfish. Um, which I thought he was insane. I was like, bro, do you know how cold it is outside right now? It's January. That's when the it's, big boys are popping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, nobody told me that before. <laughs> I was like, fishing's done when it's warm. You know, sun's out, guns out, shorts only kind of thing. Like you just you're out there working on your tan and, and doing a little fishing. But, oh, no, that was not the case when you're catching the old cats. Um, but he's got some spots on there, man. And he swore me to secrecy, so I can't say exactly where we were. Well, well can I you at say, least say what river? I, we, I will say this. On that video, we were in five different rivers. Okay, okay. Yeah. That's insane. So, so, it, so like – if you okay. tune into the, if you watch the video and those that are from the Virginia and the Richmond area, will you'll know. probably be able to pick up where we're at. Yeah. I, I can pretty much tell you, I know where you're at, but I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so when it's colder water like that, what were you guys using for bait? Like, so is it a normal, like summer type rig or. So no, we, um, so what we did, we got, I think shoot, we met at his house at five thirty six o'clock. Um, which that's, I mean, the sun has come up to like almost eight. And we'd hit out on the river right at first light, and we were basically gill netting a bunch of shad for bait. And then we would just quarter them up, cut them into four pieces. And uh, basically a, I want to say, a, I don't know, a heavy sinker <laughs> and a yeah. hook. And uh, we were just bottom rigging it. And basically just we'd anchor up on a spot that he, you know, he had marked on his fish finder. And we'd kick back and uh, turn on some tunes, eat some snacks, and uh, wait for the rods to tip down to the water. That's awesome, man. And when oh, you good time. when you find those drop offs, they're secret. You try not to tell anyone because, right. especially down there, if someone figures out, hey, there's a drop there, everybody will pile up on it. Yeah, it takes no time to figure it out. Um, none at all, you know. And he's pretty. He's kind of plugged into the catfishing community down there he does a lot of the tournaments and stuff like that so i mean everybody kind of knows where everybody's spots are and everybody knows where the fish are at um you just kind of got to hope to get there first exactly we did find a couple new spots though which was nice I well that's the nice thing about, about being out there and moving around and trying to yeah. find those areas yep we had hit a couple spots he's like well, i don't know i've always kind of looked at this spot and never done i was like well we ain't got nothing else going on and, you know, we hooked into a couple really nice cats, and um, I'm going to blame my captain for the fish not getting in the boat. He blamed me because they got <laughs> off the rod. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, no, nah, but I'll tell you what, there was <laughs> the second, I don't think we filmed this one. Um, this was another time we went, but I think it was one of the first fish of the day. And I'm reeling this fish in, and I'm, he's right at the boat, and Andrew's got the net ready, and, uh, the weight's out the water, so it's bouncing between me pulling the fish, yep. pulling, you know, the weight's just kind of bobbing up and down. And I was telling Andrew, I was like, Andrew, I was like, I'm about to lose him. Like, it's just too much slacks getting from that bobbing up and down. I was like, I'm going to lose him, lose him. So I'm trying to, like, we're trying to horse him in. This is a, ended up being like a 47 pound cat. And I'm trying to horse him into the boat. 
And as I'm pulling to try and get him in, the cat shakes the hook and the, you know, the hook goes flying past me and we kind of look at each other and Andrew was on the money, man. He, this cat just floated on the top of the water for just, I mean, a hair of a second. I mean, just a blink of an eye and Andrew threw the net down underneath him and just did a blind scoop and was able to catch his cat. I mean, it was just, <laughs> we looked at each other cause he scoops, right. And he goes to pull up and I'm looking at him and I was like, well, do you got him? And he's like, I don't know. And then he pulls the net out the water and the cat sitting in the bottom of the net. It was just one of those deals where I was like, of course the camera's not running when this happens. You know, this was like perfect. Yeah, that's what but you're it, waiting for. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he just, it was, it was, it was awesome. What, what was your biggest cat on those trips? So it was me, Andrew, and another guy that had never been catfishing before, like at all. Um, so when you've got a beginner in the boat, we all know where the beginner's luck goes to. The guy that's never caught a catfish in his life, I think we ended up catching, what did we hit? I think we hit one that was right at, I think, north of 50, maybe just under 60, if I'm not mistaken. Um, But we, he caught all the big ones. I caught all the 25 to 30 pounders that day. He caught all the monsters. Um, But I think the biggest Andrew's caught um, in the areas he runs, I think his record is 70 right at yeah yeah i mean just giant They're, it's unreal to watch these cats like it's just they're gonna go catfishing you know you throw some you know chicken livers or something off the boat and you catch something that's like 10 15 pounds and you're doing something it is a whole nother kind of fish that he's pulling out of the water oh absolutely and it's those unreal. are big big blue cats oh yeah yeah big blues yeah yeah especially it's so much fun though yeah, especially when you get down there on that break between the brackish and the fresh. I mean, mm-hmm. you never know what the hell you're going to get your hands into. Oh, no. No, it, no, no. There it, are it's... some monsters in there. Like I said, I think he, like I said, he's his best is right around the 70 mark. Um, but there's guys that have caught him 80 plus. I think the record's somewhere. Yeah, it's man, a little it's north there. of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they're there. It's just getting lucky enough. I just never realized it that that the fishery is that crazy down there. I mean, you see the big muskies, you see the big mm-hmm. cat. I mean, it's. I think there's a lot of things that aren't even really talked about. Maybe because the people there probably don't want to talk about it, so that doesn't. Yeah, bring keep it tight. Yes. Yeah, of course. Shut and up. I don't blame yeah. them. I get it. Nope. Um, <laughs> but I just don't. I, it's just not a talked about thing. I mean, you just don't. Yeah. I mean, people know, but they don't know. You know. Right. Well, and that's um, like a. Go ahead. A spot. The spot in Virginia in the mountains, um, we're out in Botetourt County, um, right off the Arcadia exit. It's a big, big, you know, spot people go and they float the James River down through that area and everything like that. Um, and I don't musky fish, so I have no problem giving up the spot. It doesn't bother me a bit. However, <laughs> the guys that fish it often will probably will be a little perturbed. Um, but we were talking to a couple guys where we normally pull the boats out at. And uh, there are some guys there that are catching 50 and 54 inch muskies out of that area. Right. I mean, it's unreal. How I, I, I had no idea that they were that big and that common in that area. Yeah. Seeing up here where we are, and I was telling Trev about this, why they were here is the spot that I usually go to for cats up here. Uh, DNR had come through and they were doing uh shock testing, you know, just mm-hmm. checking the river. Of course, up here, they were looking, doing mercury tests, things like that. And 
they pulled up uh, a couple of 60 inch muskies in the spot and no one had, we didn't even know there were muskies in there at that point. Oh my God. And ever 60? since then, there's two or three guys that religiously will go up there and they will just troll that stretch of river. And every yeah. year they pull out some giants. And these, it was a couple like, God, they, I mean, 17, 18 year old kids that just, that's what they went and did all summer long where they just they went up and down that river and they'd find the, the deep flat spots and they would just let her eat. Yep. I mean, you'd never think of it. No, I mean, we always smallmouth fished it. Every time we ever go, we do a float and we just, you know, yeah, that, around with the, that's yeah. the go-to, but mm-hmm. I, I guess when you're out there flipping for smallies and you get a hold of something like that, it, it, it'll wake you up. Oh yeah. I had one uh, a couple years back. We were always going on Memorial Day weekend. Um, and I look down and I see this freaking four and a half foot fish from underneath my canoe. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. What is that? You know, and I'm like, I'm trying everything, flipping everything past. I'm like, come on, come on, come on, come on. But he, he didn't want nothing of the, the beetle spins or whatever I was throwing. Yeah, they're but, picky. That's for damn oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. The other thing that trips me out is uh, we were working some stuff down on the James last summer, right? You'll know about what time I'm talking, and mm-hmm. we're sitting out there, and we're watching these guys on kayaks float down, run past us. We're just on the shore, just bullshitting for an afternoon. Right. And we start seeing the sturgeon flip out. Ooh. And we damn near watched this eight-foot sturgeon lay across this boy's kayak. It was the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. I wouldn't say that. I mean, that wouldn't be a a great day, but it'd be a minimal bad day for at least a moment just because of the inconvenience. It'll scare the shit out of you. Yeah, if you were the one of the buddies watching, it'd be phenomenal. Oh, as a viewer, we were laughing our ass off. This kid, I guarantee you, had to go home and wash his shorts. Oh, absolutely. But from my perspective, it was exactly it was great. (laughs) So ever since then, I've had it in my head that it's like you know how fun would it be to hook into a sturgeon on a kayak down there? You better strap in. Yeah, exactly. You're going for a ride. Yep. What are they up there spawning at that time, Steve? Yeah, you you'll see them up in there uh, later in the year and. When they do, right at that last crack of light, you know, about kind of like it is now, you'll just see these things breaching water. And when I mean breach, I'm talking like you see the great whites in the Discovery shows. They're <laughs> they're coming five, six feet out of the water and laying flat like a whale putting out a wake. Oh, it's insane. And it's legal to catch them down there? They have a season. Okay. Yeah, because up here, if you we don't have no season. If you catch them and then you bring them onto shore or kill one, it's a hundred. Yeah, but you guys can't shoot a dove up there. So what does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) Doves are songbirds. What are you talking about? That's the best shoot you'll ever go on. (laughs) Dude, we got a couple spots down here that I just went back with a buddy of mine from work that uh, had access to a nice little dove spot, and it's the first time I picked up a shotgun to shoot it. Anything. Um, in a while, and I realized that I used to be really good at hitting doves, <laughs> but you take a little bit north of a decade off from shooting at moving objects with a shotgun, you're not so good anymore. Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, I, no. I, I kept telling Trev, and we're going to do it. I'm going to drag his ass down here because he's never gone on a dove shoot. He's oh, so he's fun. never done it. It's so relaxed and fun. I mean, it's you, it's a it's a good day. 
It's a good day. So, yeah, when he gets down here, that's we ought to try to plan something and all link up and take Trev yeah. out on his first dove shoot. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a good time. <laughs> that would be it's a good time. Get the camera out, you know, and we'll just do a, you know, just put the GoPro there, counting the shells as they hit the ground. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Two, three boxes in for two yeah. birds. Yeah, I mean, uh, the way mine mine went, it, it was, uh, I was taking more pictures with the empty shotgun shells than any birds. Yep. So, <laughs> so I said, you know, we'll set him down with a whole case, yeah. you know, and he may go through 60, 70 shells yep. and get four birds. Yeah, no, I mean, I tore through like three or four boxes and I got two birds. I did good. I mean, it's a good average. Oh, yeah, that's a good work. day. That's a good day. Solid work. <laughs> yeah, like one, of my, one of them may have been sitting on a limb. Not hey, fine. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, and then the other one may have been running across the field. That's his fault. You know, you're a flying <laughs> animal. If you're going to run straight away from me, that's an easy, that's, that's easy to aim at. You know, you just put the bead on him and let it rip. They, you know. they used to give me all kinds of shit about, uh, about goose hunting because we let the feet touch the ground right and then the, then they're uh, on the ground and they would give us all this shit and it's like if i can get a, a flying animal to touch touch its feet on the ground it, it's all fair games i mean that's skill you know what See, i'm saying I, I, I've, I've never got into the the goose hunting because I, I feel like you can go to a park and throw some bread out and then they'll come right <laughs> to you and it's I way easier it and cheaper I well down here they're, yeah they're just pests down here yeah I wanted to go do a goose hunt with my bow. I'm not going to lie. I think Absolutely. it would be a blast. So that's something you, you ought to hit up G. Talk to Garrett. Yeah. He, he put up a video not too long ago. He actually went and did that. In the snow, too. Yeah. He made it like a point oh. of the snow and stuff. It was uh-huh. pretty badass, actually, how he did it. Um, nice. It was definitely really fucking cool. But, no, I, I'm with you on that, man. Shooting waterfowl with a bow, dude, is definitely really cool. I've been trying to, like – hone in my recurve skills um, <laughs> yeah do it, but i'm not there Dude, i'd be all i'd be all over I, so like i said my brother rc he's uh he owns chapel creek outfitters here well he it was originally based out of virginia and now he's got land out in like saskatchewan and uh, oklahoma i think he was guiding and then he's Jeez. got another lease in arkansas i mean just all over like they're killing or his clients are killing just ungodly amounts of birds um so i told him i was like i'll go duck hunting with you or goose hunt or wherever but I'm going to bring my bow. He's like, man, you ain't, I'm not going to bring it. It's a waste of time. I'm like, I just want to kill some of my bow. I think it'd be awesome. He's like, the only thing I could probably put you on that you'd be able to actually hit with the bow would probably be a goose or like one of the swans or something like that. You know, one of the snow. Me up. And yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay, if you're so good at calling these things, call one in the bow range. Let's, let's make a day of it. I like that sounds it. Sounds like a plan. You should definitely do that. <laughs> I'm gonna try, dude. He he's he's gone during duck season, man. He's up in, like I said, he's up in Canada, and he he's gone. If you catch him in Virginia, he's uh, it's a rare feat. But That's he's awesome. doing, dude. Oh man, dude, he had a a hell of a year. Um, he was guiding turkeys out in Oklahoma for last, or you know, for their season in early March, and then, I mean, they were just absolutely slaying waterfowl. I mean, it was just stupid numbers. Stupid numbers, but and you don't get the chance to hunt with him a lot because he's always traveling. Yeah, he's always out, and he does. Like I said, I, I'm strictly bow hunting, and he gives me grief all the time. He's like, "Ah, oh, just put the damn bow down, pick up a shotgun, let's go have some fun." I'm like, "Ah, you know, I could, but why make things easy on myself?" Right? <laughs> What's the fun in that? I mean, I, I'm right there with you. I, I think we just have a tendency to go. Let's take something hard, and make it 
even harder and then let's throw yeah. a camera in and then let's throw yeah. a camera crew in and right. see how stupid we can make this and pull it off. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It ain't fun if you don't do it without all that bullshit. Yeah. If I kill something and there's no camera running or nothing like that, then, I mean, did I even really kill it? Right. <laughs> did a bear actually shit in the woods? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, who knows? Trev I'm not there discovered to film, that too. <laughs> yeah. If, if I'm not there to film him wipe, then we can never answer the question. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, with it, man. I'm with it. So, so what did you do in Florida, man, when you lived in Florida? Because that's like, that's totally different than where you're at now. So man, it's, it, it's, it's a whole other world down there, man. Like y'all have heard of Florida, man, right? Like Florida man yeah. does such and such, such. Oh yeah. Lord. It's a, it's, it's crazy down there. Uh, and that's just like the normal city life portion of it. Um, you go hunting down there and, um, you know, you, you better have some balls behind you because everything down there is trying to kill you. Uh, yeah. between, <laughs> cause if there's a mud puddle, there's a gator in it. If yep. there's a thicket, there's hogs in there. And then you got the, uh, what is the, not, not the mountain lions, but the Florida Panthers. Yep. Oh, the Black um, Panthers. They're all over the place. Yeah. I mean, dude, everything down there is trying to kill you. And then, you, you know, you're walking, you're staying in the morning, you're walking through these banana spider webs that are like steel <laughs> wire. Yep. <laughs> and then you got these spiders that are the size of a damn beer can that latch onto your face. And it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a, whole, it's a trip. Oh, dude, it's a whole nother world. I, I had a blast doing it because I could hog hunt and that, that's where I fell in love with hog hunting. Um, I think when I first went down there, I paid for a guided hunt for me and my daddy going just because I wanted to always wanted to shoot a pig and me and my dad were just bound and determined to make it happen. And then I realized how plentiful they are down there. No um, guide necessary. No, no. And I, I was fortunate to get on with a couple. I worked with an outfitter while I was down there. Um, Swine in the Pines, which is just, it's in Stark, Florida, uh, which is kind of between Gainesville and Jacksonville. Yep. Um, and it's an awesome crew. Those guys are the best. Mark and Jeff, uh, they're both Navy guys. I think Mark's retired now. Um, both Navy guys, they've got a, a spot set up, and it was, I kind of, that was my second one I paid for. A buddy called me up and said, hey, I've got a hunt scheduled, but somebody dropped out. Can you fill in? And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? Um, met up with those guys, and I filmed a hunt there, and they use it for promotion and stuff for their, <clears throat> for their outfitter. And we just kind of linked up from there. And I just started to help God and miles down there, but the hogs are just everywhere down there. I mean, it's unreal. It's in the, I tell you what I tell people all the time. And my Virginia buddies always look at me funny when I say this, but if I had to pick between hunting deer or hunting hogs, and I can only do one, it'd be a, it'd be a tough damn choice. I mean, hands down, it, it would just be, it'd be tough. Um, the hogs are just fun to hunt because there's so many different ways you can hunt them and be successful. <laughs> you know, I mean, like between spear, like I've killed them with a spear. I've killed them catching them by hand and stabbing them with a knife. I've yep. killed them with a gun, killed them with a bow. I mean, I, you name it, I, you know, odds are I've, I've killed a hog that way. And then with deer, it's kind of, it is what it is, which is fine. It's plenty of fun and challenging trying to kill a deer in the ways that are there, but I don't know, man, somebody killing a big boar hog and it's just, it's a good time. And, and are you hunting them over bait? Are you hunting them with dogs? Like, what are you, or so, just everything above? The- yeah, pretty much all the above. And like down there. So like pigs are, they're smart. I mean, as an animal, they're, they're pretty smart. Their problem is, is their stomach rules their life. 
So I've had pigs that knew I was there, like in a tree stand or ground blind, whatever the situation was. Like they knew I was there, but they knew the food was there. And what they'll do is they'll just kind of wait. And if you can wait them out and stay still and be quiet and all that good stuff, um, eventually they're gonna, their stomach's going to override their sense to live. Uh, I had one hog. I chased this hog for like five months. And I spooked him one time, and that's kind of what took so long to kill him because I had a, I was using a green kill light. Spooked him, and he would never come into a green light again. Um, fast forward five months, I had a red light, and this hog comes in from my right stands directly underneath me at about 10 yards and i couldn't shoot because i would have had to move the camera because he was out out of the camera's view so i would have had to move the camera which is where my light was but you would have moved the light it would have spooked him off so i'm standing with this pig that i've been watching the last five months uh and his name was holyfield and you guessed it he was called holyfield because he had one ear (laughs) so So this pig, he's, he's standing right underneath me, and he kind of just staring and looking around, looking around, and then he leaves. And I'm like, damn, I've been chasing this damn pig for five months. And there he was, and I had him, and I just couldn't do it because I didn't want to not get it on camera, yada, yada, yada. And I can hear him walking through the swamp in front of me at like, I don't know, 50 yards or whatever it was. And he's just coming through the swamp. And then I hear the swamp, the footsteps go silent. And I was like, all right, he's on the trail that's cut. And I look over, and here he comes. Got on the left. That pig knew I was there. He circled downwind of me and hung out for about, I don't know, probably five or 10 minutes before he finally came into where the corn was. And then he finally just, he couldn't take it anymore. Like he knew the corn was there. He was pretty sure I was there. And he was just, you know, he decided he needed a belly full and he caught an arrow to the shoulder. And 50 yards later, he was on the trophy wall. There you go. You know, they're smart. They're smart. They're slick. Um, But they're blind and they're deaf. So if you can beat their nose, which is the hardest thing to do, you got a pretty good shot, and especially if you put food in front of them, then you're just kind of helping things out. It's got to be so much fun to do it, man. It's like it's one of my bucket list things is shooting hogs. Ugh, you just we're going. It, it's just how fun it is, you know, because like watching your videos, man, they're a fucking blast, dude. It's like oh, dude. it's got to be insane. Oh, you can sit there, and especially if you're bow hunting, you can sit there and shoot them all day long. If you if you're in a good mess of hogs, and either you're over bait or you're somewhere where they're they're bedding up. You can you can shoot them pig after pig after pig as it walks by. Um, yeah, there's been a couple of times where I've been able to shoot one, watch it drop, and just knock another arrow and wait, and they come right on back through. Um, it just kind of depends on you know what's going on with the pigs and how how pressured they are. But they're a blast, man. They're an absolute. I love it. I'm actually going down to down to North Carolina in two weeks. Uh, I think we're going down the 14th through the 16th down in Forks, North Carolina with TNM Hunting Properties, which I found last year. Um, another military and former law enforcement uh, officer guy that started up his an outfitter business. Um, went with him last year. and We had, a, I think it was like six of us that went down there. We had an absolute ball. And then uh, went back in September, and that's when I killed that big, uh, killed, well, I say 300, but he weighed 288. I mean, it's good enough. Close enough. We'll call it 300. No one will care. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and he had, I think, three and a half inch cutters on one side and Jeez. two and a three quarters on the other. He had snapped the other one off fighting. Um, and that was a spot and stalk. And that was just, that was unreal. That was a fun one. Um, that one's up on our YouTube channel. That's probably one of my favorite episodes that I put together, I think. 
I think it's going to be one of my favorites just because the, the song I was able to find for it and then just kind of hunt itself and how everything, how well everything came together was just, it was a fun episode to do. That's awesome. And was that your biggest hog? Mm. I'm going to say yes, because that's the only one that I could have, that I actually weighed. Okay. Um, I killed a pig. I called Hogzilla uh, when I was down in Florida. Out of my, so my buddy owns, he was like, he had like five acres and he told me it was a gym buddy. And he was like, Hey bro. Uh, my kids said they saw a bear coming through the backyard the other day. And I was like, what? Which in Florida, there's a ton of bear. Uh, there's like a ton of black bears down there right. because they haven't, they haven't had a season in like 20 years. I think they opened it once in 2015. I think they opened a the season. They only wanted to kill like 200 something bears. And they did that in the first two days. Um, like there's not enough shit down there to try and kill. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Did I forget bears earlier? Because they have bears as well. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway my buddy's like hey man i was like would well, you mind if i come throw some cameras out there and just see if we can get a picture of whatever it, whatever it was he's like nah man come on threw some cameras up and i got pictures of an absolute just slop of a hog i mean this thing was just a monster and it was go- the, my biggest regret with this hog was not getting him shoulder mounted i did a euro mount and uh i've regretted it ever since but just a beautiful bread of hog um Actually, I don't know if we all follow the page. I, I just posted the trail camera video of this pig when I shot him because the trail camera actually caught it at the shot. Um, and I think I reposted the hunt a couple of days ago. I probably he did. Weighs, yeah, he, he weighs somewhere in like the 250 plus mark. mark. I didn't ever get him on a scale, so I don't know officially. But I'll tell you, on my truck, his nose to his hind or to his hindquarters span my tailgate. So... I mean, not a not a small pig by any stretch, um, but it was five acres ended up being a pig. It wasn't a bear. It was a giant hog that these kids saw and got him patterned out. And uh, he was coming through their their property at like nine at night, and then he'd come back through at like three in the morning. And I went and set up, and you know their neighbors were nice enough to be playing the Ravens Patriots game that night, so I was able to listen to the game on their back porch. <laughs> while I was waiting for this hog to come nice. so I had plenty of entertainment, you know. That was my first night hunt for a pig, and that was, it was fun. It was a good time, man. Like I said, pigs are fun because you can just do – your imagination is your only uh, boundaries when it comes to hunting hogs. I got a question. So what do those – what? how do those Zeuses play a role in killing hogs? Well, I'm glad you asked. So <laughs> – on this hog I'm talking about that I killed down in Florida, the big one. Um, I was using a rage hypodermic um, and brought him, went in, hit him right in the soft spot, went in, hit the offside shoulder, and that's where it stopped. And they actually came back out as the hog took off. Fast forward to September when I shot this big boar. Um, the distance, the yardage range is about the same for both boars, about 20, 20 to 25 yards. Um Fast forward to this year, Tanum hunting properties on that big 300 pound boar. He came up and I was shooting with the Zeus and the Zeus flew through both sides. The only thing that kept that arrow from scooting down the the, the driveway or the logging trail or whatever you want to call it, um, the fletchings hung up and he took off with all the arrow falling out on the other side and then blood literally pushed like you can see it in the in the footage blood actually pushes that arrow out um <laughs> it's just it's unreal like it there it, when i so i shot this pig and i saw how big the pig was i've killed a 
bunch of pigs, so I know how an arrow reacts to it. Um, I mean, I've, at one point I was using an 80-pound bow with, I think, right at 600-grain arrows and shot 170-pound boar and only got, like, maybe seven, eight inches of penetration up. It's like, so boars are tough. Like, I know how their hide reacts to being hit with an arrow. And so, anyway, I shoot this hog down in North Carolina, and I got lighted knocks, so I watched the knock disappear, and I was like, hmm. I wasn't expecting that to happen. Like I knew, you know, I'd shot a couple things with Zeus and I knew it did well in deer, but this was like the first hog that I had shot with it. And for me, that's the ultimate test of a broadhead. And for a bow setup is if you can zip through a hog, there is no deer on the planet that will stop an arrow uh, that, that, that you have coming out of your setup. And so when this hog turns, I was like, that whole damn arrow is hanging out of that pig. There's no way a pig that big, an arrow should have zipped through it like that. It should have been, I, you know, I was fully expecting to have both ends of the arrow sticking out on either side of the pig and to see it just kind of, that arrow went through like butter. It was just, it was unreal. Like I, I was taken aback when I saw that pig take off. I was like, no way. So I ended up hitting him with a follow-up shot just because he was still standing in the beans and uh, it was a perfect quarter and away shot and it absolutely shattered the offside shoulder. Um, and when he, when the pig ended up crashing, he snapped the arrow in half. And Matt at TNM Hunt Properties sent me a picture a week later. I said, hey, the butcher just got this out, dug this out of the shoulder. And it was a Zeus broadhead, had shattered the offside shoulder of that hog, and was in completely perfect condition. I mean, there was no dings, no dents. Wow. Everything still worked. Yeah, it was unreal. Um, and that's when I was just like, you know what? I, don't, I never need to look for another broadhead. <laughs> you, this one does you, it all. Yeah. you know what that makes me think of trev what's that hi i'm chris and i've been shooting the wrong broadhead <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> I, you know i shot the rest now i shoot the best yeah there you yeah. go yeah that's it exactly. it, it's crazy what that broadhead does man and and i i try and tell everybody it man and and there's there's a ton of people that you know they'll they'll say what's the best turkey broadhead Zeus what's the best deer broadhead Zeus what's it and they're like why why the Zeus and I'm like listen just shoot it and then you'll understand why the yep. things that it does to animals is life-changing it doesn't yeah. even make sense well, I'm gonna say it's life-ending right yeah yes. well, that's a change in life that's a change in life you know yeah it's if you're it's, living and then you are now dead your life has yeah. changed it's insane what it does, man. I just, I, and how it blows through bone. And, and that's why I asked about the pig, man, because we all know, and everybody, you know, everybody across the industry says pigs are the hardest to kill because the shield, the, the shield, the shield, the shield, pigs, pigs, I mean, I pigs, pulled, everything's tested. I pulled buckshot, I pulled slugs, I pulled just about any caliber of firearm out of hogs' shields. I've, I've done it. Um, so it there, it, it's nothing to be messed with. I shot a 250 plus pound pig down in Florida. I was using Grim Reapers, uh, their Carna Four, which is a four blade head. I watched, mm -hmm. I pinwheeled this pig. That's a good thing about filming because I can tell you it's a perfect shot, and people are like, yeah, bullshit. But I have actual footage to pack it up where, like, I've showed people. I'm like, I'll show them the video without saying anything, and they're like, oh, how far did he go? I'm like, I have no idea. He's still running. This broadhead hit, and it. I, I'm not lying when I say it. it didn't get maybe two inches of penetration. I mean, it hit that pig and just stopped. And it was an over-the-top opening-style broadhead. For those that aren't familiar with Grim Reaper, they open over the top, which is, to me, 
what makes Zeus so different from any other head on the market is it's the only head that works with you. Like you have some that like your slip cam and then they kind of, they work, they don't work necessarily against you, but for a blade to open, it has to rob you of kinetic energy. It's just simple physics for the blades move. It has to take, you know, energy away. And that's what any mechanical does because the blades have to open at some point. Um, and what's great about the Zeus is it's a fixed blade broadhead until you hit something that makes it, you know, a not, not yeah, not a fixed blade. Yeah. Instead of yeah. it being a fixed blade where it hits bone and it just is what it is, you hit that shoulder blade, those blades collapse down to an inch, reducing the cutting diameter, which is going to get you more penetration. And then they reopen once they clear it. I mean, we've had a couple of deer that we've shot where you can, it looks like scissors going through the deer because you can see where it was open, close through the shoulder blade, pop back open through the lungs, close on the opposite shoulder blade, and then pop back open as it was exiting and hide. It's just, it's unreal. It's it's hard to explain until you've actually shot it and seen it for yourself. You have to put it in your hands to yeah, even know what it's to. like. I mean, it's 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 insane. Like the deer that I had shot last year, um, I had shot it quartering two, and I would never take that shot, man. That's a tough shot, and uh, it went in. Shot. Yeah, that's my I favorite. <laughs> I know, <laughs> that's but my it's, favorite shot. But it's a tough shot, you know. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, not yeah. take that shot um, unless they're very confident with it. And um, it went in one side and then went out the shoulder of the other side. And uh, it was the best when my taxidermist writes me and he goes, "These guys with their fucking Zeus broadheads." And it's a, <laughs> it, he's got the big hole and he's got the yep. tape measure on it and it's three by three. And he's like, "Bro," he goes, "That puts any rage." He oh, goes, yeah. "It puts it puts it out." He goes, "It wasn't it wasn't a slit, man. It was a yep. hole, three yep. by three hole." He's like, "That's yep. insane to me." Dude, so it, I've got a picture that I took from a hogs I shot. It was a heart shot. And go, you know, back to talking about how tough a hide is. You know, deer hide, it's it's a soft hide. It tears pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Hogs doesn't. So when you shoot it with a hog with a Zeus, especially one of the smaller ones, um, I think I shot a couple like 60, 70 pound meat hogs. It looks like a cross has gone through them. And I was like, you've been blessed by Zeus. <laughs> you know, you've, you've now entered into the afterlife. You're welcome. <laughs> but it, it does, man. It cuts a freaking hole in there, dude. And the, the, the tip, the crown tip, uh, it just, it blows matter out of the way. And like, we've slowed down video on countless deer that we've shot with this broadhead. And if you've ever seen like a high powered rifle hit in slow motion, you can kind of see the, the body just kind of ripple and wave. And we're seeing the same thing with this broadhead when we slow down footage. I mean, it's just a shockwave that goes through these deer. It's just, it's unreal. It's, it's crazy what it does to these deers and and to any animal that's yeah and that's the same i was gonna say with the turkeys man you're literally seeing gelatin coagulating where it actually hits hits a bird and it's just instilling so much concussion when it's actually hitting it it's insane but oh dude i mean the damage that it's doing is just unreal you gotta check them out (laughs) uh, i'm going i'm going to north carolina again um and when I was down there, I, I told the guy, Matt, um, what I was using for broadhead. He's like, man, I don't, you know, I don't know. He goes, I, I trust you. I've just seen bad things with these mechanicals. And I said, all right, well, just, just, let's just see what happens. And when that pig, when that arrow zipped through that pig, I turned around and looked at him and he was like, 
Yeah, it's a bad motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. He's like, yep. I, he goes, he was like, I've been doing Hulk hunts forever, and I've watched guys come through with every broadhead in the world and shoot these big pigs, and they don't do anything. He goes, I have never seen a broadhead zip through a pig that big that easily. He's like, it's unreal. And I don't shoot anything super heavy. I shoot what ninety percent of the people that shoot bows do, and it's just it's a seventy pound, you know, seven pound uh, limb. It's a Darton Maverick XT. Um, I've, I've got the luxury of having a thirty and change inch draw length, which certainly helps, but I mean, it's, you know, not a super heavy setup. It's 470 something grain arrow. Um, so it's nothing like, yeah, it's know, pretty it's, standard. Yeah. It's nothing crazy. It's right, right along what most whitetail setups are going to be. That's insane, man. So did you hunt anything else while you were down in Florida? Anything crazy, exotics, Adonis, <sighs> anything like I that? Did. I did. I killed a, almost a 12 foot gator. 11, six was the official measurement. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. That wasn't that long ago, though, right? That was 2015. Okay. Like, For some yeah. reason, I saw pictures of that. Yeah. He's sitting in the old man cave right now. He's hanging out. That's He's actually awesome. protecting my beer fridge. Did you shoot him with a rifle or, or a bow? No. That's a bow. That is insane. Yeah, it was a nuts. It was – oh, that was, a, that was a fun hunt. Um, That was a fun hunt. I – uh, Yeah. That was, that was a good one. <laughs> Say yeah. Say just leave. Leave it there, right? yeah, we're just gonna, we're just gonna leave that one at that. Yeah, um, <laughs> it was fun. Did you get into, like the the iguanas what? or anything when you were down there? Pythons no, or anything like that? Did you know that there's like a huge thing down yeah. there now? Well, our guy Richard Whaley, who's with Tech Driver, he's down there. Uh, he was down in Florida, I think, a week or so ago, and he's. Dude, I can't log into Facebook without seeing a picture of a dead iguana and him like smiling behind one, holding it up by its tail, you know. Um, See, but I hear they're good eating. Bastards. Yeah, it's allegedly. I, I haven't haven't tried them, but that's what I hear. No. I mean, I'll try it. I'll try anything once. They're vicious little animals, though. Let me tell you something right now. I used to raise they? them. They, oh, really? They, their whip, their whip of that tail is mean. They're fast and they <sighs> bite. Their bite is insane. Um, Jeez, at least when I, I used to raise had two iguanas as a kid. Yeah, and if you don't like play with them or interact with them, they can become very aggressive. So I'd imagine the wild ones are probably so assholes. They're bad. <laughs> they can bite, and and it's kind of like, right. like like the like the the monitor. Um, they yeah. can have some type of bacteria in their mouth sometimes. Um, and then their whip of their tail, man, they're notorious for the whip of the tail. That's a huge thing with them. Huh. But hey, speaking of. The uh, monitor lizards. I actually ran into one of those while I was still in the Navy. We're out in Malaysia, and we were golfing. So we're sitting on the tee box, and like you look off the tee box, and there's like it's like swamp with like these lily pads, and it's like sketchy ass bridge that like goes across. And I was like, that's the bridge you walk you walk across if you want like some mythological creature to snatch your ass and pull you up under the the lily pads or whatever we were. And I shit you not, one of the guys tees off, and I look back over and out. From under out from the lip pads crawls a damn monitor lizard. And I was like, "See, oh. I told, I told you <laughs> yeah. there was something there that was just waiting to snatch you up." Oh. Those are and the, sketchy looking creatures. Yeah, and and the monitor lizard, for those that don't know, is the cousin of the Komodo dragon. Yeah, dude, they're they're sketchy, mean. man. Mean, yeah, fast too. You know, yep. oh, but I, I I did take one thing out of that story. Hmm. You were in the Navy and you were golfing. Were you an officer? I was not. Okay. Just making sure. 
No. <laughs> well, thank you for your service, anyways. Before Absolutely. this goes out, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Trev's already got the hair standing up. Yeah. He knows I'm gonna make a wise crack. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah, you know you gotta you gotta love the officer guys. They're they're they mean well. Yeah, it's all right. But you know, why you why you sailors were out there playing golf in Malaysia, we were out there in the middle of nowhere fighting. So Well, you know, we had to take you there. So we we provide the rides. We're like the Uber for the military. No, it's all right. The army has more boats than the navy, so we had our own ride. It's crazy. And yeah, then the, what the Navy has more planes than the than Air the Force. Air Force. Yes. It doesn't make any sense. It's it's which, insane. It makes no sense. But yeah. which anybody know. that's been in the military knows it makes as much sense as the military makes yeah. when you're in. It, it, yeah. Military intelligence. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> oxymoron. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, thank you for your service, brother. I appreciate you taking the oath. Yeah, thank you too, bro. You we know. had to do something. We were all a little bit too crazy to do anything uh worthwhile when we were young, I assume. Well, you know, I had to go do, go do that thing. It was, it was I, I, I'd be lying if I said it was the best years of my life, but it wasn't the worst. They were, they were definitely crazy looking back. Yeah. They were some of the oh, best oh, while yeah. I was there. They sucked, but yeah, you know, that's just exactly. how it is. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you knuckleheads right now. So that's right. That's right. Yep. Speaking of, I got one question, Chris. And we ask everybody this question. What drives you outdoors, man? What drives me outdoors? And don't say your car. My car. Yeah, (laughs) my my truck usually gets me there uh, most times. No, man, I'll tell you what. It's it's there's not many times in, in life anymore that you get, you know, the order you get, you don't get many more firsts, right? Like first time you drove a car your first beer, your first, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think hunting is a, one of the few things that can offer you that first for as long as you want to be a part of the that community, whether it's your first buck, your first antelope, your first whatever exotic, you know, name the time and place. But you get your hunts, you can be in a part of people's first kills, first bow hunts. I, the hunt I'm going on here in a couple weeks for a hog hunt, the buddy that's going with me, He's never killed a hog before, so that's going to be another first for him and then a first for me to be able to kind of experience that. So it's just the experiences uh, that, that come from being outdoors, um, the memories you get to make. In my case, the episodes I get to make so I can relive all my, you know, I can get to relive my memories, which is always cool. And then for, you know, mostly the filled freezers. I mean, come on, you, you know, why do this if you can't eat the spoils of, of this so-called battle with the uh the creatures we were chasing amen man i like it (laughs) i love it i absolutely love it and if it wasn't for the outdoors you wouldn't meet everybody that you meet too exactly i mean it it, the friendships that it brings and and the doors it opens is it's unreal man it's 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 pretty crazy it's been fun it kind of just adds another adds another layer to life that you got to appreciate absolutely Yeah, and and um, oh, I just lost train of thought. That's normal. Um, <laughs> You've had a long day. Yeah, I've had a really long day. It was. It's been. Uh, it's been a roller coaster ride for me, man. The turkey hunting woods has been crazy. Um, and then tomorrow, getting up and doing it again. Yeah, I'm um, right there with you. Yeah, I hear that. Do you want to just remind everybody, man, where they can find you, where they can see Absolutely. you? Yeah, man. Y'all, y'all, make sure to come check us out on YouTube. We're at Pinnacle Stick Them Outdoors. 
Uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram. Um, I think that's it. I don't do the TikTok thing because I can't dance and <laughs> I don't want to embarrass myself in doing so. So I'm just going to stick to pulling a string and punching record button. Um, so y'all make sure to come check us out on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Put them and stick them outdoors. Make sure to subscribe, like, and share while you're there. And uh, any any advice for improvements or something you want us to stop doing, don't be afraid to leave a comment and uh, let us know what you think. Awesome. Oh, yeah, man. man. We can't thank you enough, Chris. This has been a great conversation, and uh, I'm always happy to have fellow Virginianers on the show because I I'm. We need to have like more of us. Yeah, I agree. It's like it's so much of this. Hey, we're out here in the Midwest, or hey, we're up here in Trev's country, where you know they have weird laws and shit, man. <laughs> it, it, it's so much better when it's down here in the the heartland of the the u.s in my opinion and uh, we'll Amen. get we'll get trev here eventually we're working on him yeah I mean, we'll you can convert him you we'll can hunt him over you can hunt within within there's no <laughs> minimum distance unless you're on a church and you're fucking sunday i mean how how crazy <laughs> is that i still can't get over it. i know i talk about it every episode but it's mind-blowing to me that i can hunt i can shoot a rifle two feet from your door yard and as long as i'm not two two 200 feet from or 200 yards from a fucking church on a sunday it's okay how does that even make sense? I don't know. I feel like there was math involved there, which lost yeah. me immediately. <laughs> we'll just put it this way. Trev was losing his mind when we got out of the truck and I load the shotgun and I'm walking out with a loaded gun past buildings and he's going, you can't do it. I was like, no, dude, you're, you're in Virginia. It's, it's okay. That's right. Yeah. At least yeah. for the time being until, uh, well, well yeah. yeah. Till November. Yeah. Till November. Till yeah. November. I got a feeling it'll change. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. But again, thank you for joining us. Uh, Absolutely. Everybody jumps on, checks out your stuff. Give him his feed, Give Chris your feedback. Let him know what you think. Let's keep driving his stuff forward. And uh, for everybody out there, we want to thank you guys and really understand how much we appreciate you listening. Please follow along and let's keep this thing rolling. And thanks for taking the ride right here on the Outdoor Drive. <laughs>